0: This is Damon Udaček, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. All righty. Good morning. And this is my last work day of the week. Uh, I don't suspect there'll ever be a day where I say this is my last work day of my life. I guess there will be one day, uh, but that'll probably be the last day of my life. I, I want to talk about a thing that I heard uh, just a couple weeks ago by one of the other people attending the Zero to Million uh, two-day event there in London. And he re- referenced uh, this thing called the Four Balls. And, and I've written it down, and I'll, I'm going to write a blog post about this because it's really important. And he says, um, and I don't know if it was four balls, but one of the balls, it may be five. In any event, one of the balls is rubber, and that's work, or that's our business. And if you drop the rubber ball, it'll bounce back. Work will always be there tomorrow. Um, But we have these other balls that are glass balls. So we've got a relationship with a significant other, or a partner, or a spouse. We've got relationships with our children. We've got our health. And there's uh, our spirituality. Um, and what happens is each one of those balls are glass balls, And if we drop one of those, it'll get nicked, or it goes scratched, or it'll get scuffed up. And then there's quite a bit of work that has to be done to smooth that out and get it back to its pristine shape. And and the point of the 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 comparison there is if all we do is focus on work, then the, the other balls get get damaged. And it's hard to Fix damaged things. Whereas the work. It's always going to be there. And. I'm going to go back. I don't know. Six, seven years ago. When I first started working. With a business coach. And. uh, We worked on a lot of things. The big result I got out of working. With him was that. I was doing a bunch of stuff. That just didn't matter. And. What I ended up finding out was that I was able to work less and make more money. And that was deeply rewarding. And maybe that's why I took 3 years off is because I was just I've been to work and work and work and work and work. And I needed time to decompress and and get ready for the next step. The thing that I'm doing now is I'm working just as hard as I'd ever worked with one caveat. I don't work Saturdays. And I still have a pull that brings me back to wanna work. For instance, I was <laughs> I was driving somewhere last Saturday and I was starting to do this podcast with the hopes that maybe by um, recording an extra episode, I'd have an episode or two that could be in the can per se. And as I thought about that a little bit further, I just realized I was rambling and I wasn't saying anything good. And this happens a decent amount. Um, is some you know, there's law of diminishing returns with when we're working that once we work past a certain amount of time in a day. Or even in a week, the work we do after that point ends up being a waste of time. And the reason why is we start to make mistakes. And that causes us problems because then we have to go fix that. And then, you know, so week one, we work all these hours, extra hours, and we're starting to produce stuff that isn't up to our standards. And then in week two, we've got to fix week one's mistakes. And then the the share of time available for us to do week two's work is less. And so it's this vicious cycle. And that's why so many people feel like they're on a hamster wheel. So one of the the structures I've put in place is that Saturday's my day off. Um, And sometimes I'd spend getting some extra sleep. I'll take a nap or something like that. Um, but it does allow me to take a take a rest from my ambition, <laughs> which I think is and, and, and part of that is just getting a chance to to stop thinking. My thinking is on overdrive sometimes. So it's it's good to get both the physical break but also the mental break. I have a quitting time every day. Sometimes that's in flux. Sometimes it's 5. Sometimes it's 5.30. I really don't like it go, go past 6 or 6.15. My preference is to leave by 5.30 and get home by 6. I, it's it's kind of sacrosanct that I have dinner with my family. Um, if I didn't have dinner with my family, there's a good case to be made that I probably wouldn't see that much. All right. One thing that um, I'm going to move towards is I'm going to start taking Sundays off. I'm going to, in August, I'm backing down to half days at the most. Um, I actually may be able to get to where Sunday, Sunday is a day that I don't work either. So then I'm back just to working um, one more normal day or my normal week. Um, but I do take a couple days off at the end of every month, and at a minimum, I look at the last week of the month, and I already have it blocked out in my calendar, calendar that Wednesday through Friday are going to be my days off of that, and that gives me, that gives me four to five days where I'm not working. Um, now sometimes I may have to check some emails, but generally I just... I take the time off, and as I'm growing this out, I'm going to be moving towards Ma- Mike McCallowitz's um, book, where in Clockwork we talks about taking a four week vacation. And the the real point of the four week vacation is to build the business so it's not dependent on you. Most businesses, if you know, if they the owner wasn't involved. If they were gone for four weeks, the business would die. It would just stop working. Then the owners become slaves to the business. Um, And that's all too common with so many businesses. Um, It's common with my business right now. That'll change. And the other part of taking that six-week vacation off is it gives the owner time to get out of the forest to stop seeing the woods or stop seeing the forest, stop seeing, stop seeing the trees and looking at the bigger picture. And so getting getting back to what, you know, this business coach and the transformation I made where I stopped working as much, um, it was really kind of a relief. It, It was, my income doubled over that time period, um, and I worked for, went from work 2,800 hours a year to, I'll say maybe 1,900. So pretty dramatic change in the amount of time I was working. And then I, I came up with a thought. I was like, when I have this urge pulling me and pulling me, you got to work, you got to work, you got to work. Sometimes, sometimes it's... What I'd say, well, you know what? I think the real answer is I need to not work. So I'm going to turn that around. I'm going to take a break from it. And I can't tell you how many times I've done this in various areas of my life where I'm working on something. And it's just not working. And then I take a break with it and I come back to it. And bam, just like that. It's fixed. Because I'm I'm not so focused on doing things a certain way that I that I'm, I'm, I'm able to, once I find the right, a, a correct way, I'm not going to say the right way, because there's many ways to do things, once I get away, and that frees my brain up to, and then maybe it happens subconsciously, that I say, okay, I'm not going to work on this right now, so consciously, I'm not going to work on it, but it might be that my subconscious brain starts working, and then it does all the problems, so it's, problem-solving skills that it does, and then inspiration comes forward, and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's, that makes sense, now it works, I get it, and um, so, if you feel like you're working too much right now, um, listen to that feeling, you are working too much right now. Um, Chances are you're caught in the 80% work that isn't, it's worthless. And so now let's carve up a little bit of your, your overworking time. Let's take some time off and let's look and see where we can get a better result for our time. One of those things that I found is that um, if I didn't do the things that didn't matter, it didn't matter. And some of the fears and anxieties I had over whether or not it got done, those were, those were, they weren't even real. You know, so I didn't have people complaining at me, oh, I didn't get this done. Um, I had this, such this, I had this thought that it has to be right it has to be right it has to be right Um, well it already was right you know I didn't need to spend all that extra detail on on the time to to get it perfect Um, this whole concept of being perfect is a fallacy that I had to overcome and learn that is those are my thoughts about today if you feel like you're working too much you are Now it's time to cut back some of that time. Now it's time to say, okay, well, if I'm working 60 hours this week, what can I do to work 59 this next week? And if that seems like too much of a um, jump, what can I do to work 30 hours, 30 minutes less? And have a target of how many hours we're going to work. Because what will happen is we tend we tend to expand work into the amount of time that's available, so interestingly enough if we reduce or constrict the amount of time that's available we'll still be able to get the same amount of stuff done. All right so we're off to the races uh the day is done and I'm very pleased with what I got accomplished today. Um, as you know, I've been working all week on my sales page for the One Funnel Away Challenge. I got the, the copy done. So the next step is to get the copy written, or not written, but reviewed. I'll get someone to proof that. And then from there, it's just loading up that copy uh, into mm-hmm. the, um, the software. Um, And so just as a recap, uh, sales copy is um, just the wording that's used to share um, your information and to share the benefits and the reasons why someone should buy something for me. Looking forward to getting that uh, up and running. I have have to get uh, this um, sales funnel finished and ready to go for... A presentation that I'm doing on Wednesday so I really want to get everything t- done for um, Sunday I want to get it all done on Sunday I've got uh, and then at that point I'll go through the testing and making sure that the items that people are purchasing are are ready they're added to the members area and then it's just testing a thought point to make sure emails are going out right and all this other stuff so still a lot of work to be done uh, and truth be told the mm-hmm. amount of work of getting the testing done probably was three or four days in the one phone and way challenge um I don't know exactly uh, because I haven't done those units yet, Um, but that's okay. Uh, One of the things I mentioned a couple of days earlier is I wanted to get the Mission Complete t-shirt, and they said that the the ability to mark that you've completed the mission uh, will be available at the end of um, next week. So I felt like I had to get it done today, but in reality, that wasn't the case. Um, so in any event, um, uh, that's where we're at with that. And I don't know how many people are going to be on my, um, on the presentation for Wednesday, but I've got to have that offer ready to go. And, uh, so that'll, that I'm looking forward to getting it up and running. And at that point, it's just running, um, running it and getting people in front of it or actually getting the offer in front of people and getting the traffic done. Uh, so that's, that's the next step. And, uh, it's the step of me getting my business up and, you know, my ideal money life to get to where it's actually making money. Um, I tell you the one thing that I've learned from the one funnel away challenge is a whole way, whole new way of marketing, um, and it's been probably the best marketing experience I've had. Uh, and so I'm super excited to actually now that I've got done all the work to build my sales funnel to actually start driving traffic to it and start making the money from it, and then making tweaks and. Um, learning that whole new puzzle. And I never really built a offer before. You know, here I am, you know, all these years in business, I always sold a product or a service. You know, back when I was cleaning offices, I would walk around and, um, Knock on doors and say, Hey, listen, we're cleaning offices. Would you like to get your office clean? Uh, and that worked from a sales technique. When I did, um, when I get referrals to do tax returns, that was pretty much a foregone sale. The um, sale was pretty much done because by the time someone had decided they wanted to even meet with me, nine times out of 10, that sale was done. There wasn't a whole lot of sales activity that needed to be done. And um, now that I'm actually building a business that can, can scale, it's a whole different thing. Uh, one of, I've got a one-time offer that's available to, as part of the sales funnel that, where you know, they would be able to work with me. Um, price point is um, where it's at. But what I've determined on that is I was starting to think about what, what happens if this thing really takes off? You know, if I got 30 people to sign up for this one-time offer, I'm somewhat limited on the capacity I have to deliver that content. Um, I would be pushing it if I allowed 20 people to sign up for it. So one of the things I've thought about is I've got to limit the amount of people that uh, can actually take advantage of that offer Uh, And actually, would actually be pretty good because then I'm I can honestly add in some scarcity to there. And so what I've decided is that uh, for the one-time offer, I will only allow ten people to sign up for it. So once ten people have signed up, then the remaining people will be on a wait list. Um, So, um, and then the it'll open up. Uh, they'll be at the top of the wait list for for the next month, and uh, so that's that's what I've got planned. If I got ten people to sign up for the one time offer, that would be a huge increase in, in income. Uh, it would enable me to do the um, hire the professional, or do the uh, what do you call it the higher level Click Funnels training. Uh, where i would get the coaching and all that which i really want to do um, however the business needs to be paying for itself right now um, which you know it's not so i've got a decent investment that i need to recoup that i loan the business money not a huge amount of money but at the same time um, it's time for the business to start making some money so really at this point i've got a i've got a hustle uh, through all sorts of different ways. Uh, and that's going to be fun to find out what works. Um, the nice thing is, is one of the things I've gotten with the, is a list of people who are two comma club award winners. And so what that means is they have a sales funnel that has generated more than a million dollars in sales. I've gotten tremendous ideas from them. Basically, they were asked, if you had to start all over and only had 30 days to, to get out, what would you do in the first 30 days to get your business up and running? And so I've gotten some really tremendous ideas from them on, on how to do that. The one thing is there's a lot of great ideas. I mean, a lot of great ideas. If I try and put them all in place, I'm just going to overwhelm myself. So there's a, I'll put a couple in place and I'll try some. The other thing that Steven Larson, who's done some of the coaching calls, talked about was once you build the, the sales funnel, your job changes. Uh, it's built. Don't go and build another sales funnel. What you need to do is drive traffic to that funnel. Your funnel will be good enough so that now you're in a position where you you drive traffic to it, you drive the right traffic to it. Or you get in front of the traffic, for that matter. And then find out what the market wants. And that's been one of these very interesting realizations for me. You know, going back to the times when I thought I knew it all. <laughs> I I had this great education. And I was a perfectionist. So I had to get it perfect. And then I, I a couple months ago, I read a book and it talked about how perfectionism was really procrastination, which really was fear. The fear related to procrastination is you won't get it right, and so you do all this work, and it gets back to the eighty twenty rule. So you're getting down to doing, you know, focusing on very minute details that have really. Add no value to the the end product or the end service that's being delivered to the customers. And some of the things I've heard through these some of my more recent marketing training is good enough is good enough. It doesn't have to be 100% quality. You can work on improving things, but chances are it's good enough to be sold. And here's the thing is people will buy almost anything. I remember seeing this, that there's this young lady. I'm not sure exactly how old she was, but I would say she's probably in her early 20s. She came up with an idea to sell like a, I don't know, like a four ounce container, plastic container. Inside the plastic container was water. And to make it even goofier, her name, I think, was Gamer Girl. And basically, she was selling this plastic container, like, you know, a little um, round container with a screw top on top. She was putting her bath water in this container, slapping a label on the container and selling it for 20 bucks. (laughs) 20 bucks for a container of Gamer Girl water. Can you believe that? So I was a little bit curious. I went to, uh, you know, I Googled Gamer Girl Found her website. Looks like she was using a little bit of sex appeal to... And I think her target customer was a, a introverted person who did nothing but played video games all day. Which nothing against video games. This is probably the type of... And I'm going to say it's a male audience attracted to females. A male audience who, because all they do is play video games does not have game in the girl department or the lady department. When they're shown a little bit of tension by someone like Gamer Girl, they're like, oh, wow, I'll buy your rainwater. You know what? (laughs) That is is such an odd idea. I think it probably will have, have some legs. Well, I go to her website, and I find that... The Gamer Girl bath water is sold out. I don't know how many she, containers of Gamer Girl water she had, but let's say she had 100 containers, which I think is probably safe to say. She had 100 containers of her bath water. So she just made two grand <laughs> off of not a lot of uh, money. I, I, I would think that they, the little containers she got. Probably, they've probably cost 25 cents to 50 cents. And I'm sure she got them in bulk. So not a lot of money, you know. So that just goes to prove that you can sell anything. I, I remember back in, in my childhood, this is going to be in the early 70s. There was something called the Pet Rock. In fact, I'm going to have to do a blog post just on the pet Pet Rock. So the Pet Rock... Basically, was a, a, a rock, and then it came with an instructional manual on how to take care of your rock. This isn't the same, this isn't the, the first time that inanimate, non living objects have been sold to great success to the public as pets. It, it's just astounding. So the key is is finding a way to find something that people would have value, and then selling it and giving them a, a compelling reason to buy it. Actually, you know, if you think about it, people love to spend money. They absolutely love to spend money, and they're willing to spend money on something. I I <laughs> I will tell you something I did, and I did this just a couple of weeks ago. Or weeks ago, when I was on when I was in Ireland. There was a leprechaun in on Shop Street in Galway, Ireland. I told my son, my seven-year-old son, that I was going to take a picture of... I told my son that I was going to take a picture of a leprechaun when I found one in, in, in Ireland. I told him I was going to find one. And so I saw this guy... And I happen to actually have cash because you know these people are street performers and all that, and they're they're you know that's kind of quote unquote their job. I saw this guy dressed up as a leprechaun, and I was like, ah, I found the leprechaun in Ireland. <laughs> I've got to take a picture with the leprechaun. I, I looked in my wallet and I realized that the, the smallest bill I had was ten euros, which I think equated to like. 12 or $13. I had my smartphone there and I paid this guy 10 euros. If I had smaller amount of money, I probably would have paid him less. But anyway, I got my picture with the leprechaun. I came back and told my son, hey, Levi, I got, I got, I got a, I, I saw a leprechaun in, in Ireland. He was like, no, you didn't. Leprechauns aren't real. And I was like, I, I got a leprechaun. I even took a picture of him. And uh, so I was all excited to show this picture. And I finally showed the picture to my son. And he says, that's not a leprechaun. That's just a guy dressed up as a leprechaun. (laughs) And I was just like, I had proof. And he didn't believe me. So anyway, yeah, there you go. I, I, at that point in time, I had a need to fulfill my son's uh, promise. I made my son that I was going to find a leprechaun when I was in Ireland. And so I was willing to pay an amount of money that didn't make sense to you for the, the experience to, to share that with my son it was worth it <laughs> so that's a great thing is now that what i've found is with now that i've learned how to create offers my mind is just buzzing the great thing is is as i go out there in the market and start to start to share with people my offer I'll find out what they find valuable and what they don't and it may be that uh, my current offer is not compelling enough for someone to you know trade me their their dollars for my offer or it could be that it's underpriced. and so if I'm getting if I'm getting a very high conversion where people are buying it then that probably can indicate that I need to bump up my price so we'll see but now the fun thing is I'm playing a new game. I've got a new puzzle to kind of put the pieces together. It's been a blast sharing with you this day. You know, as you can see, I've had some ups and downs this week. I mean, there's earlier this week, I was totally snookered or not snookered, but I was totally drained. I put in a lot of hours this week. I want to say, I don't know, I probably put 65 hours of work in this week. Now, the good thing is, is I won't, I'm transitioning stuff off our plate. So I will be getting to where that workload won't be as much. And I'll be focusing on the truly important things that I need to be focusing on. That's part of the process. Got to make the investment, make the investment and then grow. And then you'll realize new things. And it's a never ending game because the puzzle actually, the business puzzle gets a little bit bigger the puzzle gets a little bit... Every time you think you have the puzzle solved, you realize you've only got a small piece of the puzzle solved. And then it's time to figure out, okay, well, what do I need to... What's the next step? And then the question is, is where do you want to go with this? And it can become a trap for a lot of people. That's why... You see a lot of very successful people, not a lot. You see some successful people in business who grow their business. It gets so intoxicating when they're growing the business and the other areas of life get dropped. Then stuff just happens. Part of what, in order to build a business that is going to enrich one's life, it's important to factor in the other important pieces of life. The other pieces, important pieces of life, such as our relationships, such as our soul or spirituality or whatever people want to call it, our health and our, and the money side of our lives. Those things we need to have a way to measure what we want, because if we don't know what we want, then any path will take us there. There's a continual evolution of determining what what the end result is and then figuring out where we are, mapping out how to get from point A to point B. And then the, some way along the way is that 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 destination may change. Which is fine, but what needs to happen is there needs to be. It's important to know what that that ideal situation is, and as long as we're we're moving towards that ideal situation, whatever ideal means to you, that's what's important. That that's a great thing is that each of us get to define and decide what we want in life. And then it's just a matter of of figuring out, learning and doing the things that will get us there. So anyway, that's where we're at. Um, I will be back in a day or two. Have a great day. that does it for today's show if you enjoyed the podcast do two things for me please one subscribe to the ideal money life podcast and two tell one person about the show this is a labor of love for me and i want to get the message to as many people as possible thank you for listening Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA tax advisor investment or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin, your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.